Welcome back to the Dental Bright Bites podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Kidd, and today we have a fellow RDH friend of mine, Debbie Seidel-Bitke. Debbie is the founder and CEO of Dental Practice Solutions, and she's a hygiene and profitability coach and speaker. Now, today we're talking about a topic that is so exciting for me because the little hygienist in me is just always excited to talk about hygiene health and how that correlates to the rest of the body and how tying that conversation in with your patients can help with your case acceptance, help treat the patients better and get them the care that they need and deserve, but ultimately help boost your bottom line. Having a profitable, successful hygiene division of your practice can make such a huge difference in the overall health of your practice. So without further ado, we hope that these tips will help you boost your practice in your hygiene department. Let's get into this episode. Thank you so much for coming on today, Debbie. So we'll be talking about uh, healthier patients and making your practice thrive off of taking the total health approach. So um, tell me what that kind of means to you. Well, I believe that we have a responsibility to share with our patients that oral health contributes to total health of our body. So if we have an infection in our mouth, it actually goes through the bloodstream into your body and can cause other diseases. Totally. I feel like a lot of people, um, a lot of dentists think that they, they believe this, they know it's true, and they think that they're conveying that to their patients. Um, but I definitely see some people do it much better than others. So do you work with people to help them um, figure out how to communicate this approach with their patients better? Or what is your role with the offices? So I absolutely do. I mean, dentists call me because they want new more, they want more new patients mm -hmm. and they want to be more productive and more efficient. And what I have been discovering so far this year, just the few clients that we started working with here in the second month of 2019 is all the dental hygienists told me that they were probing every mm -hmm. patient. And yep. last week I had a situation where they said every single patient is probed at every appointment. And that means something different than what it means to me. So that mean, what that means to me is a comprehensive perio evaluation. It's a CPE according to the American Academy of Periodontology. And that means that we're taking six point measurements we're charting recession, frication, mobility, separation, even looking at occlusion. And that is where I see the missing link is, yes, the hygienist is picking up the probe, but that perio chart, it's not being documented. And that mm -hmm. CPE isn't in the patient record. So when okay. we review the medical history, Sarah, and then we do the gum evaluation with a ruler it's breaking i like to break it down to words the patient understands and bringing that patient into the partnership to own their disease so we're setting them up to understand what those numbers mean before we even put them back to do the cpe then mm -hmm. when we call out those numbers 
we're asking them to listen and they know what those numbers mean. So at the very end, we can actually tell them and show them, we wanna show them what we see in their mouth. And then we're gonna take it back, we're gonna reverse engineer it to their medical history. What is their family health history? Do they, a lot of these patients with gum disease, periodontal disease, as we know it, they also have high cholesterol, they have heart, high blood pressure and, and heart attack in their family history, or it's happened to them. And it's now bringing that all together and helping your patient understand the connection. Yeah, that's great. You know, I, um, I do analysis of a lot of the practices that I work with to see how they're performing in what areas they might need to focus on a little bit more to help their production. And a common theme that I come across is people are not, either they're doing it and they're not billing, or just in general, they are not um, taking care of their population in the way that they should, in the way that the uh, American Academy of Periodontology would define perio, um, and the statistics of how prevalent it is, they're not seeing patients as much for, for SRP and perio maintenance. Yes. Um, and one of the things that people tell me is that they're nervous that if they um, push it to people that they're going to get bad reviews. And I've, I've seen that. I've, uh, I've looked up some of these doctors on Yelp and they do have some bad reviews for pushing perio. But I think there's probably a right and a wrong way to go about it. And what you're saying um, is definitely the approach that I think um, will help avoid some of that miscommunication. You're absolutely right, Sarah. So what is happening is, first of all, I, I say instead of push, mm -hmm. we want to change that word. It's yeah. serving the patient. And there's two S words. Showing the patient really is a huge difference. And, you know, there's scientific research. It's the amygdala in the frontal lobe of the brain. So if your patient's laying back in the chair and they already have a negative connotation about the dentist or they're fearful, mm -hmm. their brain's jumbled. So you've got to, when you put, before you put them back, you have to explain what is going to be done. You know, I was at my dentist last week and he was calling out a lot of numbers. And as he was calling out to the hygienist, a lot of things, like he was just measuring my TMJ and how mm -hmm. far it could open. And I was imagining that it could be scary for somebody who doesn't know what's going on and they don't like the dental office as well. So we have to explain to them what we're doing. Like he didn't tell me what he was doing, but I knew. Okay. So yeah. tell, tell them what you're doing and then sit them back up so that we're knee to knee, eye to eye and their brain isn't, the cells in their brain aren't scrambled. So now they can think straight, you know? Yeah. And, and also that's rapport and it's building trust in that position. And yeah. so I think that's where you're not pushing. You know, if you've mm -hmm. got them laying back in the chair and you're talking at them and they have no idea what those numbers mean or what you said, now you f they feel pushed. Yeah, communication is so important to patients understanding why they're there. Um, and I think some of the disconnect starts as well, um, you know, just in, in the way that our country is set up and this might be a little bit of a conspiracy theory, but uh, you know, I'm a, a big believer that education is brought to us a lot of times on things that make money. So, you know, the pharma companies will educate us on stuff because it will make them money. 
And, you know, oral health is not really something talked about. Skin, skin health is because there's a lot of money in skincare products. Um, but on TV, you're not really seeing the connection to overall health and oral health um, other than a toothpaste commercial that says that it can cure your perio, um, which really gives the wrong information to patients. So it's really our job to um, educate them. And I think yes. if you're getting those bad reviews that you're pushing perio, it's because you're not educating your patients in the right way. Mm -hmm. so, I totally um, agree with you. Um, you know, when you actually invite your patients and share with them the research where they can go on the internet to look these things up, they will see the correlation and they will believe it if they see it in their mouth. And they understand that bleeding gums aren't normal. If they under, because when you actually talk to your patient, and you think about it, if their nose is bleeding every day, mm -hmm. what are they going to do day after day, their nose is bleeding. But for some reason, People think it's okay for their gums to bleed all day, every day. Yeah, I know. It's so crazy. Um, let's talk about the, the overall team and how, what are your suggestions to help in, improve that communication um, with the patients and get the same messaging across? And my reasoning for asking this is I was in an office yesterday and I heard uh, the office manager answer the phone. And she said, oh, you know, the, the price for a cleaning is this much, but if you want the exam, it's this much. But, you know, you can choose to wait on the exam if you want. And God, I was just cringing because I was thinking to myself, man, you're teaching this patient that having an exam, you know, is about looking at their teeth when they are coming in for the full check to make sure that everything's okay in there. It's so important. It's not about the money. Right. Uh, so I think having the team communication where everyone has the same messaging is so important. So how do you create that in an office that you work with? So I love, we always ask our clients to have a, it's like a big post-it note that you put on the wall and we have a flip chart mm -hmm. and we write out, like I'll write out those words. Like you were in that office. So I'd write out the words that I heard them saying and now draw a vertical line. And on the other side, let's change those words. So cleaning, what are some other words that we can use instead of cleaning? What are words that add value to what we're doing for the patient? So we, you and I are both hygienists, but when we went to hygiene school, it was way more than cleaning teeth that we mm -hmm. learned. We are yeah. dentist specialists. And now we're, I was, I keep seeing these bills and maybe it was in Massachusetts. I know for sure North Dakota recently, they tried to pass a bill for the hygienist to be more like a nurse practitioner. Yeah. You know, on their own. I mean, this is something we're going to see in 20 years from now, I believe. So we're not tooth cleaners. Yeah, I know. I actually, I rallied for that. Um, I went to the state house when I was living in Massachusetts with my hygiene uh, friends back there. So okay. Yeah, I, I haven't paid much attention since I moved out to California, but that'd be awesome. Yeah, it's, it's going to happen, Sarah. I see it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So when we talk about this, um, one of the, the best impacts I think that this can make on the practice is the bottom line. Mm -hmm. uh, because if you treat your patients the right way and they understand why they're coming back to you, um, obviously you're going to be successful. So what kind of 
changes do you see in the offices that you work with that implement this? Does it make a, a huge difference for them? Um, absolutely. Yeah, it absolutely yeah. does. I mean, when we were just, you were saying that, I think it was when we were live, you said this, that, you know, the American Academy of Perio says that over 50% of the population, and that's just in the United States. I mean, you go outside of the U.S. and it's even higher, but they have periodontal disease. And it's patients who are 30 years or older have gingivitis and then mild localized perio starting. Yeah. And we're just waiting and watching. And I think that it's very important for us to, to address this early. And we need to pick up our ruler and have somebody else come write it down as we call it out because the patients, we're appealing to all those different senses. They're gonna hear it and then we want them to see it. And mm -hmm. I think that is going to help, number one, with the percentage of patients who are treated for gingivitis and perio. So I have an office, I'll tell you, we started the contract with them or they have agreement agreement with us to work with us for six months. So we started on January 15th, that was their start date. So mm -hmm. I can see right now, like when we first started out, it was about $1,200 a day production for each hygienist. They're now up to, and it's about six weeks later, it's slow to increase, but it's now at $1,600 a day. The wow. other, and the other piece is that the hygienist, and I've broken this down into a time management formula. So there's a time where we talk about the data collection. It's the wellness exam, the blood pressure. It's the, the gum examination. All abnormalities are screened. And then you're sitting that patient up and then you go into the treatment planning session. So for the first 20 minutes, maybe 30 minutes, if there's disease that's been seen and going to be diagnosed, mm -hmm. it could be 30 minutes of getting that patient to own their disease and the collaboration between the hygienist and the patient. And the hygienist role is not a tooth cleaner. We're a patient advocate to help them make the best decision for their overall health. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, terminology is, is very important, like you were saying, and, and the words that we use to communicate with the patient. Um, what are some suggestions of words that you're, you're switching out? Instead of cleaning, it would be, at the very least, hygiene appointment, but preventive care. Mm -hmm. um, you could, you know, some of you say continuing care, I don't like recall at all. We don't, we want to get you up for your recall appointment. To me, it's like your car's being recalled, you know, and yeah. care is okay. But I think preventive care, I mean, don't you think that's a little bit more descriptive? Yeah. And what we're doing in that preventive care appointment is uh, we are doing a wellness exam where we check their blood pressure and we review their medications, any mm -hmm. surgeries, um, any, any, um, you know, dry mouth, all different types of questions. Like we are a detective for a few minutes at mm -hmm. like one of our, that same office I was telling you about, I was teaching them to be the detective and ask the questions like any surgeries. And she said, she started asking that question. And right away, a minute after they had finished reviewing the medical history, well, they said, Oh, 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 I forgot to tell you, I did have surgery. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like the lady forgot to tell her, but then when she asked, 
So we're doing a when people say, sorry to interrupt, but uh, no changes on your medical history, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you need to ask open-ended questions, give people the opportunity to open up. Yeah, that's it. It's asking open-ended questions and it's the wellness exam, the blood pressure, all the abnormality screenings. And the other thing patients reject is the x-rays. And it's what we teach them to say is they're cavity detecting x-rays so we can see if there are any abnormalities. Cavity mm -hmm. detecting x-rays, that's a key word, Sarah. Yeah. And then it's also um, your routine preventive care, like gum treatment is another one. Instead of a deep cleaning, I, I was hearing this hygienist, I was for the first time ever in an office last week, and the hygienist kept saying, deep cleaning, deep cleaning, deep cleaning. And I'm like, ah! <laughs> you yeah. know, so the patients get so angry when they find out it's, you know, maybe in California, $2,000 for the deep cleanings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's so important. So. Um, last question, and then we'll wrap up. So what type of tools do you recommend for people to utilize when communicating um, the overall health effect of their, of their mouth and the correlation there? So are you talking about oral hygiene tools or technology? Just anything in, in general, you know, like, do you have people having signs up? Do you have books that you have? Um, are there certain handouts that you recommend? Okay. Um, I recommend the American Dental Association has some brochures on para disease. Okay. So mm -hmm. for that type of patient, like somebody who's a teacher, somebody who might be an engineer, they want to know the details. So mm -hmm. I'll open that brochure up and highlight some of the areas I'll circle. Uh, what's going on in their mouth. The other thing are uh, intraoral pictures, taking the pictures, yeah. and you Absolutely. can actually, uh, you know, show them up on the screen. I love radiographs. I mean, you think your patient doesn't know what is on the radiographs, but with the software for your radiographs, you can actually right click and you can draw where is the bone supposed to be, you know, like just yeah. use visuals as much as possible because the pictures paint a thousand words. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for sharing this with us today. You're very welcome. And that wraps up another great episode for the Dental Bright Bites podcast. Thank you so much to Debbie for coming on today. And thank you to you, my listener, for supporting another episode of this podcast. Before you go, as always, if you could please share us with one of your dental friends, I would greatly appreciate it. As well as leaving a five-star review, it would really help other dentists find us. So thank you again, and we'll see you in the next episode. Thank you.